Welcome to Inside the Album with Don and Tommy. I'm Don. That's Tommy. How's it going, Tom? I'll speak for myself. Thank you. Uh, I'm Tommy. No, it's, it's going good, Don. Good to be back with you, man. Inside the Album 2023. Here there we go. go. So All this right. is a podcast where we take uh, mostly rock albums, I guess, and uh, talk about the stories behind the recording and the writing of the albums yeah. and kind of, you know, dig into the songs a little bit and talk about uh, the stories behind each individual song. So I'm super excited to be back. Well, it's funny you just said that. I'm thinking I'm excited to be back, too. You know, you think about it, right? Like Thriller and Purple Rain. You know, those are things we're going to touch on. Why not, man? We're talking classic albums and getting oh, inside yeah. the album. So yeah, we touch on a little bit on everything, except uh, I don't. I don't have any background in rap, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you an indoctrination soon. Thanks, man. I'm ready. <laughs> we'll start with the old school and move up to uh, the current there you day. Go. Well, so, funky Cole Medina. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, that's rap. <laughs> we got we got some educating to do with Tom. <laughs> there you go. It's all good, dude. You know me. So today we are talking about all-time great legendary rock and roll album by one of our favorite bands, Black Sabbath. And today we're gonna go through uh the album Paranoid. So mm. get ready because this is a crazy ride. This album is amazing from beginning to end, and you know, just uh, uh, unbelievable how how quickly this album came together. And I really want to talk about that because it's insane. Um, but in the meantime, let's talk about our charity that we do some work with, and that's called Music for Mark. Yeah, let's stay on top of that. Music for Mark. You know, we we plan on getting out guitars, musical instruments, the kids who just can't get their hands on one, for whatever reason it might be. You know, Don and I, uh, our love for music has been forever. That's really one of the connections we had when we first met, how much we love live shows, how much we love live music just music overall. So Music for Mark will bring musical instruments to kids who can't get their hands on them for any reason. That's our goal. That's our dream. That's our aspiration. So check out musicformark.com and see if you can help us out in any way. That would be awesome. awesome. So when we were talking about here, Paranoid, Black Sabbath, I think probably everybody listening to this knows the band, but we'll go through it anyway. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne, complete legend, lead vocals. Mm. Tony Iommi, another legend on guitar, mm. um, on bass guitar, and really the primary songwriter, Geezer Butler, Geezer on bass Butler. guitar. And I, I don't know if a lot of people realize that Geezer wrote many of uh, Sabbath's, uh, Sabbath's popular songs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, uh, <laughs> and then you have Bill Ward on the drums. Yeah, just a legend, legendary lineup, legendary. Yeah, great lineup. And uh, so this album, Paranoid, was their second record. And we, we already did our, actually our first podcast, podcast episode was the original Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath uh, self-titled album. Uh, so this one was their second record. Uh, and it, it's, it's a little funky the way this was released. So it was released in the UK in September of 1970. But they pushed the U.S. release back to January 71 because the original self-titled album was still on the charts. So the U.S. got this a little bit later. The amazing thing to me is that this album, it was recorded in June 1970 in three days. 
<laughs> like three days. They, I don't think there's an album today that is recorded in three days ever anywhere. Oh my God. It's and, and you know, chances are, you know, just playing live like they always did the band in the studio. And that's what they did. And, you know, yep. Tony Iommi has said multiple times that he just came in and, you know, they, they had maybe a riff and they worked it out, you know? So uh, it, it was very, very off the cuff and very, very quick. So yeah. uh, I, I look at this really, even though it was released technically in 1970, I look at it as a 1971 album since they, mm -hmm. you know, the US release and really didn't, you know, first couple of months takes a little bit to get, uh, get some steam going on these things. But uh, at that time, the popular albums uh, rock wise were uh, Led Zeppelin IV, you know, huge album. Sticky Fingers by the Stones, another huge, huge album. Huge album. What's going on? Marvin Gaye, absolute legendary yeah, album. Amazing, yeah. amazing record. Madman Across the Water by Elton John. Yeah. And a little bit on the more mellow side, Blue by Joni Mitchell, which again is a legendary, legendary record. Sure. So, you know, people always talk to the early seven, uh, talk about like the early 70s as kind of the you know, some people say it's the zenith of music creativity. You had such a huge number of great albums that came out. And a huge number of great artists, man. You know it as well as I do. You know, you could have it up for debate, but the 70s, crazy. And, yeah. you know, we're talking about Paranoid, this album. I was just thinking about it this morning. I think, I'm not sure, it's so long ago. I think it was the first album I ever bought. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, it's yeah, there. It's, it's in. It's in the. It's in the top two. But uh, going to the album store and picking it up still the greatest thing. But you know, people got to understand, man. When you went, you were looking through the albums. There was nothing better. Nothing. Right. And yeah. you know, it, it's weird. You get these these couple of years along the way over the past of rock and roll history, where you get these huge influxes of tremendous albums the same thing happened in the early 90s with Pearl Jam Nirvana Soundgarden uh Alice mm. in Chains Metallica you know yeah. crucial big albums that wow. were just legendary albums all coming out within like you know six weeks or a couple of months of each other wow um, that that's a great reference right there what you just did good for you I really like that idea how, how these bands got together and really produced some serious music as bands Wow, yeah. I just, I just well, got to chill at the same time. It. So it's so, yeah. you know, it's crazy. Great, great time to be alive. Yeah, for sure. Awesome stuff, man. The interesting thing about this album is that it got almost no airplay. So this is all kind of, you know, it's not really underground, but it's like people hearing it and passing it around and it's not on the radio. Because again, we, we you know, we talked about this a little bit when we did the first episode about Sabbath. It was so, so much heavier than everything else out there. And, everything. It, you know, again, there's an interesting parallel to later on. And, and you know, this is more in the early uh, mid 80s with Metallica. So Metallica had two, three albums that really got zero airplay, but were huge hits yep. because people, kids were listening to them. We were playing them like when I was in college, we would play Metallica constantly on college radio, but you never, it wasn't even on MTV at first. So Metallica didn't really get on an MTV until their, uh, and, and Justice for All album, which is like their one, two, three, fourth album. So it's unusual, I think, that you have artists that have so much success with no airplay. 
You know, I was thinking about it this morning, you know, before we came on, you know, really, really a underrated album and B underrated band. You know, it's like when, when Hendrix came along, changed the rock world, right? And Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix, you know, when Sabbath came along, changed the rock world, you know, you you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due. You know, they changed the rock and roll world, except that back then, people were very judgmental. Like if you mentioned Black Sabbath, you know, you you could easily become a devil worshiper or the radios didn't want to play it because there was a stigma behind it. And if it serves me right, I would say the first song to get as much, and we'll cover it, airplay on the rock stations was probably Iron Man. For some reason, it sticks in my head that Iron Man was the one song to get airplay. Maybe because yeah, it I, was a quirky song. Yeah, Paranoid got a lot of play, but there was a quirky side to Iron Man that was almost like friendly. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But we'll cover that as we move along. Yeah. So <laughs> this this album, and, you know, and so it's interesting because this album also, you know, ended up being one of the great albums of all time. It's It's ranked at 139 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time wow i guess we didn't have a i guess we didn't have a vote no (laughs) that's the funny part nobody nobody called me yeah exactly i love that hey i was voted number one in new jersey well you have to you have to get a job at rolling stone as an editor and then you can vote yeah (laughs) listen i i can't put a sentence together So uh, the the big thing I think for the band for this album was the success of this album allowed them to tour in the U.S. for the first time. So uh, you know, for bands outside the U.S., a lot of them that's kind of you know their like goal in the sky is like, wow, that's the mountain peak if we can go and t- do a whole U.S. tour because sure. you've got you know so many cities, so many places to play, so many people, so many different cultures. It's it's you know people from you know Britain and other countries really just love having that break to get to the U.S. the first time. No, you know that's a second concert I ever saw, Sabbath in the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. Nice. Yeah. So we'll take a look at the album cover here. And it's a a blurred photograph of a guy wearing a helmet and a sash and brandishing a sword. And with the title of the album just in the background. To me, it's okay. It's, you know, I know it because it's a legendary album and I listened to it for 50 years or whatever it's been. But it's to me, it doesn't, it's not great. What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> no, I got you. It's, it's simple. But again, if everybody went through their album collection who you know grew up in our era, it's in there. You know, yeah. it was just it was there. Right. And everybody, right. everybody, everybody I could think about, it, everybody had paranoid. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, of course. And you know, I know what you think of, you know, album art back in our back in our day was so huge. People, people really got the best of the best to do the graphics, the artists, the photographers. Right. You know, album art, and especially like if you opened up an album and there was a centerfold, yeah, you know, they were they were works of art. You know, and yeah, a lot of people yeah. put a lot of time into it. You know, thinking I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if it was to sell more albums or just. I you I know, know I don't think I don't think it's worse today. 
Um, I think it's 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 a little less because records were the thing back then. Now they're kind of coming back again. I mean, right. people are buying vinyl again, so that's right. kind of circling back. But there was that period in the you know the eighties when CDs started, and then in the nineties online music, and then all the artwork kind of was not an issue. It wasn't as important, you know. Right. And you also could communicate those images or themes or whatever you want to do through video. You know, so I think that changed things a little bit, but I agree with you. You know, I like to, when I, when I look at an album cover, I want to be kind of intrigued by it and wonder what's going on. You know, yeah. this one to me is kind of like the Cosmos factory album cover. It's like, I, <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting, I guess, but what's going on here? It was called, let's get an album cover. Yeah, evidently. Which is which is possible. You just said, right? We recorded in three days. Yeah, uh, you know, right. Do you, think so, in, do you think in advance they said, what are we going to do for the album cover if they did the album probably in three not. days? Yeah. Probably not, hey, right? You know, like, oh, man, we got to get this out. <laughs> right. And plus, this was the early 70s. So the graphics were not, there were no computers, you know? So yeah. this is all stuff that was put together by hand and, you know, somebody actually took a then, picture of that. Yeah. Right. And then modified that picture somehow. I don't even know how they did it back then. Uh, but there was no yeah. Photoshop. So <laughs> that wasn't happening. Yeah, it's true. So this album was originally going to be called War Pigs and yeah. uh, Sabbath wanted to do that. Uh, but the record company pushed for Paranoid because they thought the song had a better chance of becoming a hit. Yeah. So, yeah record, it's funny you say record companies, right? Man, what, what an influence they had on everybody and anything back then. Oh, now, you, couldn't, you couldn't move. You were, you were literally owned by the record company. Yeah, Geezer Butler said he wanted to write a song called Wall Purges. He I called it the, the satanic version of Christmas. And, <laughs> you know, but he said it, it wasn't, he said the Satan thing, it wasn't for him, it wasn't a spiritual thing. He's not us. These guys aren't actual Satanists, right. but he was talking about warmongers. So he was saying right. that's who the real Satanists are. The people who are running the banks and the world and trying to get the work, working class people to fight the wars for them. Yeah. So he sent it off to the record company with that name. And they said, no way, we're not calling it that. It's too satanic. And again, we're in 1970 here. So, you know, oh. it, it's not like today where, you know, the heavy metal is not everywhere, but it's a little more, people are more aware of it, you know? Uh, much more accepted. Listen, when I, I have to tell you, my, my father, you know, that this was not healthy, clean, good stuff for a kid to be listening to. It right. just wasn't. Yeah, they thought you were in your room sacrificing virgins and shit. Well, I can only wish. But, uh, <laughs> no virgins for Tommy. Well, anybody that was with me was definitely sacrificing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Don. You're welcome. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> we can keep that in. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, everything stays in. Nothing comes out. No editing here. Hey, maybe that'll be one of those reels that you make about Tommy. That'll be yeah, there you go. My wife that... will appreciate that. That's beautiful. <laughs> one more reel and you're out. <laughs> make two. Grounds for divorce. TikTok <laughs> reels. <laughs> we'll have to do it. Then we'll have to do a country western album. About Black Sabbath. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
All, All right. right. So let's let's, let's dig music. in. Let's hear some music. Uh, yeah. We're going to start off with the, uh, this is, God, this is one of my all-time favorite songs. You know, I got to tell you what the toughest part about this podcast is. What? Just hearing little snippets of these songs. I know, man. I know. But it's I hope tough. it turns the audience on to go and put it back on. Sometimes I say that to you, right? It's like, when we're done, I hope the people who listen and get into this, just go take it out and put it on. It'll blow you away. Right. You know, I, I love everything about it when you can listen to the dude. I can remember listening through to out listening to albums, right? The whole album where you just now everybody's like this digital one song here, one song there. <laughs> Man, I loved listening, putting a whole all right, let's put it this way. I love putting a whole album side on. And I hope that's what our listeners get back into. Put it on. Listen to what went on, how they put it together, how they pieced it together, how you actually had to create an album. Blows me away. Right. Exactly. So right, let's let's give box. here, I'll give you a snippet, Tom, of War Page. Thanks. <laughs> At black masses, evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning, as the war machine keeps turning, death and hatred to mankind. Wash minds. Oh, larger. So I'm sure, you know, probably everybody we know is, or everybody who's listening has probably heard this song before, but it's just fucking amazing, right? Oh, my God, man. The emotions that go through when I hear that. It's just a perfect live song. Perfect. Yeah. And, perfect. you know, so I've seen multiple bands cover this song live. So Black right. Sabbath is one of the most influential bands by far in all, right. all of rock history. And so I even saw a few years ago before Chris Cornell died, uh, they did a Temple of the Dog tour, which is Chris Cornell, Matt Cameron, who at the time was in Soundgarden at the very beginning, 
And then the guys from Pearl Jam, they did this album in tribute to Andrew Wood, who had died, who was the singer of Mother Love Bone. It was called Temple of the Dog. So they wrote the album, recorded it. Then both the bands got huge, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, and they never toured. Well, they did a tour uh, right before Chris Cornell died. And I saw them at Madison Square Garden and they, they covered this song and it was out of this world. <laughs> it was the only person I've ever heard do it who might've been better than Ozzy at, at the uh, vocals. So it was really, great. really good. But these guys, you know, and there's certain bands that influence like generations of other bands and Sabbath is one of them. When you talk you about all the metal, the hard rock bands, they all list Sabbath as influences. I don't know. I got to tell you, uh, uh, just because you know this is how I how I roll. But uh, check it out. There's a uh, California Jam, right? Back in 1974, they recorded the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just you, you want it? We talk about we're talking about Ozzy, like frontman, right. right? The best frontman of all time. You know, you think Black Sabbath, but Ozzy was one of the greatest frontmen of all time. What a yeah. great motivator! I don't know if I'd put him at at the top of the list. I like Ozzy, right? But- he always looked like an old man up there, even when he was young. He yeah. kind of like he doesn't he doesn't seem to have any rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to be kind of like, yeah, come point. on, everybody. Uh, uh. Yeah, so he does a lot of that. Right. Yeah, but he's great. Right. It's, it's right. awesome live. I mean, we've both seen him multiple oh, yeah. times live. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. So anyway, War Pigs, they said, is a song about man's desire to kill and destroy. They yeah. got the idea from war stories they heard when they did a show at an American Air Force base during a tour of Europe. Mm. So they wrote the song when they were uh, in a grim, deserted place in Euro- Zurich. It's, I didn't know there were any grim, deserted places in Zurich. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be <laughs> spectacular over there. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, so they were playing, I guess they were playing for a little bit of money to a small audience at the time. Um, and so we talked about the the war pigs thing with the satanic stuff uh already but uh it, it's also one of the songs that sabbath has that's that's misrepresented as evil so the song is is speaking out against war it's not for war you know it's oh. talking about how bad war is and so again you know because of the doom and gloom sound that they have with that you know yeah. tony iomi with those low bass notes you know on that guitar it just they drone and you can feel it it's like a, it's his guitar is almost kind of sounds like a bass it sometimes you know yeah i know exactly yeah. what you're saying and it goes right through you into your chest you know so you really feel it um but the the, the other interesting thing about this is the sabbath does this a lot they got little bits of other songs that they kind of tack on so that beginning part of this is called Luke's War. And so it's, you know, uh, uh, Luke's Wall. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I got war on the brain. <laughs> so they've done that a couple of times and we see it. We'll see it another uh, place here as we get down to uh, yeah. the last song on the album. So let's move on to Paranoid. And again, this is another legendary song that I'm sure pretty much everybody knows. Great riff.
So this one, again, another song that Geezer wrote. Um, and so he says, basically, it's just about depression. Yeah. And the reason for that is because he didn't know the difference between depression and paranoia. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so he said, it, you know, it's a drug thing. Uh, you know, they were smoking a, a ton of weed at the time and he was getting paranoid and couldn't relate to people. And there was a crossover between the paranoid with the weed smoking and then depression afterwards. So there's a lot going on here with poor geezer. Ah, the geezer. You know what? Listen, usually people who write songs, they have to be in some sort of strange place. Pain, anguish, despair, right? Some of right. the greatest music has been written in pain. Yeah, so I get it. I get it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it makes uh, unfortunately the pain really makes great music. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of like your way. It's therapy, you know, writing it out, getting it out. Interesting. You know, uh, the uh, I was saw something about the paranoid that I found interesting. I don't know if you're going to cover it, but I, I that uh, the, 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 the word paranoid is never in the song. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? Right. They just and I'm, uh, I. I read that and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I saw it there. too. I was like, uh, that was it was the like, song for 40, 50 years, whatever it's been. And I didn't even know that. And it's just a song about paranoia, right? right. So it's interesting. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, Geezer said that a lot of this album was actually written at the time of the first album. So they had a lot of the songs pretty well put together. Uh, so that's, I think, why, why they were able to get in there in three days and do the whole thing. Right. But this song was they were looking for a three minute filler song for the album and Tony came up with the riff. Geezer quickly wrote the lyrics and Ozzy was just reading, you know, from the sheets of paper that Geezer had written the lyrics on and they just did it right in the studio in, in a couple of takes. Yeah, it's funny. I, I think this song wasn't on the album. I think it was like they had all, a whole bunch of other songs. Yeah, yeah. And so they needed an extra song and, the, and you know, the record company loved this one and thought it was going to be a hit, so... Well, it worked out well. Um, in Finland, this is interesting. In Finland, <laughs> Paranoid has the same status it. as Freebird or Stairway it. to Heaven in the in the U.S. Dude, I, I, I did the same research, right? Getting some tips <laughs> and funny stuff. How great is that? They yell Paranoid instead of Freebird in Finland. Yeah, <laughs> so they, they yell out, and I'm going to totally mangle this. But uh, for, for sorry for all our Finnish listeners, but uh, it looks like it's uh, Soitaka Paranoid, play Paranoid. There it is. So somebody will just yell that out. It's just like people used to do. I guess, I don't know if people still yell out Freebird. They used to, but. Oh, yeah. Those are the people you need to punch in the back of the head. <laughs> the free, play Freebird. It's just now stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop. All right. Just, Let's move along. Stop. Move on to the next track. This one's right. Planet Caravan. Soitaka, Planet Caravan. And this one's a little different from Sabbath. Thank you. 
to me I mean it's okay it's not my favorite it, it's so it just sounds like they're fucking stoned you know I mean it's very like eh. these are these are the songs that would put the elders into the place of why are you listening to this shit <laughs> no I mean it, it was kind of like you know it was like why you, know, you, you just said it yourself I don't know why this is here or why you know and I was just going to say to you a little conversation you know, I, I, when you think about it, right, bands, you know, what's their brand? Did they realize that they were considered, you know, the antichrist of bands? Yeah, did I think they, they knew that. Right? I, and I think they did this on purpose to kind of yeah. mix it up a little. And, they, you know, they have changes. That's the other song that's kind of slow. Yeah. But that's it. Changes I love. That's a great song. This one, great I'm song. not I'm not in love with it. I don't hate it. Right. Uh, it just seems out of place here to me. Yeah, you know, it, it's, um, I guess somebody fought to get it on the album. But it, it, so you think they knew that this was their background, this was who they were, and this is how they were going to build an audience through that? Maybe, you know, I, I think I, I think they tried to make it a little spooky by putting the effects on, on Ozzy's voice. Yeah. You know, so they're still thinking about that. Hey, we've got to look at like this badass satanic band kind of thing. Right. We're, we're uh, different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Geezer said, and again, Geezer wrote the lyrics on this. He said the song is about floating through the universe with one's lover. Well, there you go. Wow. <laughs> so you know, but it's it's really like just ambient kind of almost background noise, right? It's like something in the background that floats, and you hear it, but you're not really kind of focused on it as much. Um, but again, it's a departure from you know the the type of music that they were recording at the time. Very interesting. All right, so let's move ahead here. We're gonna go to the next track. This is track number four. And again, this is one I'm sure everybody knows. This is Iron Man.
the song is about a man who travels through time, as we just heard right there, and he sees the end of the world. On his way back to Earth to warn the human race, he goes through a magnetic storm and is turned to iron. There and you go. Nobody believes him about the end of the world. And he gets mad, taking his rage out on the human race, thus nice. bringing it about the end of the world he saw. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, very philosophical. Very philosophical. And, you know, it was... Uh, Ozzy had said that he had heard the riff and just felt that it was like a uh, like a monster movie riff that Iomi was playing and it kind of all came together. Yeah, uh, Geezer said that Ozzy uh, said to him that he was walking down the street and and said, what if there were, were a bloody great bloke made out of metal walking around? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I was thinking about Ozzy when I was saying about Ozzy and everything. You know, he's so lovable, right? You know, it's oh, the yeah. thing. He, and so he's like a little kid. Do you know how much fun he probably had doing the beginning of I Am Iron Man? Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like talking into a fan, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, he had to love that. Had to be everything to do with him. So the, the riff came up, like you were saying, Tony Iommi came up with the riff, but he came into the studio and drum Bill Ward started playing that bass, the opening bass beat, right? Mm -hmm. And Tony kind of created this wash of sound by bending that real deep, uh, you know, string bend that he does there. And then that's where the Iron Man vocal comes in and then he blasts into the riff. So it really, these guys are great with the, the drama, the drama and the dynamics, right? Right. Exactly. It's them. That's the thing. You know, it's rock and roll. Like we always like to say, you know, really, there's only how many notes, how many chords in the world and uh they made those chords theirs like if you hear a riff you know it's a black sabbath riff yeah that, that's the greatest that's what i like the most when you think about it right it's them it's them yeah and yeah. the thing is he's coming up with this tony iomi said he came up with this on the spot so i mean this guy is coming up with legendary riffs every time he picks up the guitar and it's just happening out of the blue that's great it's great that's crazy uh, yeah, and and it has nothing to do with the comic book, which was out before this. So uh, that had no. It's not anything to do with the. I guess that's Marvel or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, I'm sure there was a phone call. <laughs> there might have been. I guess. Yeah, oh my god, you think about it, right? But uh, interesting side note, just for me personally, this is my high school. Uh, the mascot is we were the Iron Men, so that was our uh, our team. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> I school. like that. We were the yeah. Bruins. Oh, nice. Yeah, there was no song for the Bruins. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number five. This is Electric Funeral. <laughs> so awesome. So good. So good. Stop. 
another one that is really about kind of this apocalyptic uh, oh. theme, you know? So this one's about nuclear holocaust. Um, but here we're into, this is, you know, this is prime Sabbath, right? This right. riff. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Turn people into clay. The other, you know, Iron Man, he turned into iron, now to turn into clay. It's like total, it's like all I said, those I said, base and, elements, the heavy. And, and, the, and the riff, right? The beginning <laughs> riff oh, is so really, amazing. you know, it, you just go right into a ritual song, you know, it really yeah. takes you there. Right. They it were feels, brilliant. At, this is it, us, man, right? It feels like you're out in the woods with black cloaks on and you know again like i say with these little snippets you got to play this song because at the end it picks up yeah it's it gets so, crazy it's so crazy it's so good yeah. you know I, you know listen i have to tell you man i'm so glad we're back doing this i'm gonna throw it right in here this feels so good and so right don that because the love we have i love you too music. tommy Oh man, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a real Cheryl's gonna love that one too. <laughs> Tommy Iomi would say that a lot of times when they, that, you know, before the recording, they're out playing these songs live and they would play them a bunch of different ways. So a lot of times they were kind of working the kinks out on stage, then they'd get the recorded version. And then from there forward, they, from there forward, they just play that recorded version. Yeah. Yeah, so he was, yeah, he was saying that when they recorded Electric Funeral, Bill would play it different every time. And he wasn't sure how many times to come in. At certain parts, he'd play the three beats instead of the four. Uh, so they ended up keeping the three in this because that's the way they did it in the studio. And then they they play it that way live now or used to when they were still touring. Wow. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Here's number six. Uh, this one is called Hand of Doom. Doom. Sounds serious. Jazzy, right? What you gonna do? Yeah. Time's caught up with you. Now you wait your turn. The drums, I think. You know there's no return. So this one, again, you know, not one of my favorites, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I like it, but it's not like I wouldn't put this at the top of this album. Um, right. But oh, yeah. It, it's seven minutes long. It's a long song. And you know what? It really is. It's um, Ozzy's vocals are very good on it. It's like yeah. it's like the band is playing behind Ozzy on this tune. Yeah, yeah, and, and I love the drums. Uh, like I was saying, I love the drums on this too. You know, it's got yeah, that yeah. interesting beat that's not—it's not a typical heavy metal 
you know, just, but you know, it's got a little swing to it almost. And, and, a, and a good tune again, to be sitting and playing the whole album side. Yeah. That's yeah, what it comes sure. down to. Yeah. So they, like, if you were going to pick a song and just play a song from the album paranoid, you wouldn't pick that, but right. But if, if it you comes play up, the whole album side, yeah. It just it comes up in the like, flow. Yeah, right. And you'd be like, wow, that was amazing. Well, really. because it is a little bit of a break. So you have the electric funeral, which is pretty heavy. And then the next one is, which we'll talk about in a second, is an instrumental. So it, it kind mm -hmm. of is like a break between those two. Um, but Geezer said he wrote the lyrics about heroin addiction, and it was inspired by seeing all the syringes left on the ground by audience members at their shows. Wow. So people, wow. Were, people were shooting up at Black Sabbath shows. That's crazy. Well, I didn't realize crazy. that. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Early 70s. That's how it had to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I was too young at this time. To, I wasn't going to concerts until like 76, 77. Yeah. But, I was uh, in the same area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's interesting. <laughs> wow. All right. So let's move on to the next one. And like I said, this one is an instrumental, which uh, is, you know, I wouldn't say unusual, but you know, it's it's weird hearing a Sabbath song with with no no Ozzy on it. But let's take a listen. This one is Rat Salad. Jazzy, right? Yeah, just, just, just great players. They were great players. Yeah. And so that's that's the thing with Sabbath that I, where I think, and I want to say they're underrated because Tony Iommi is is a guitar god pretty much, but. The drumming and the bass on this are insanely good. Yeah. I think what you're trying to say is, you know, the whole collection is underrated. The, the band put together, yeah. their I think, playing ability, right. everything. As musicians. Right? Nobody says like, oh my right? God, Bill Ward, man. Greatest right. drummer. Best drummer time. ever. But he really is a great drummer. Great and, drummer. you know, you can hear it. For a guy who plays metal to be able to get that swing into his drumming, it, you don't hear that ever in metal. Because, you know, they took it to metal, but you know what? Most of these guys back in those days, the only way to learn music was to be classically trained back in those days. Nobody just picked up right. a guitar. You know, it was like, here's how we play guitar, right? What you did with it once you got the, uh, the ability to play guitar was up to you. But, yeah. you know, they were all trained a certain way along the way because, you gotta remember, it's the 50s and the 60s are the people teaching them, the 40s, 50s, 60s teaching right. them how to play guitar right so there's that, a little taste of everything the, the other side of right the other side of what i'm saying is their genre they basically invented it you know there's people will fight about who the first metal band is there were bands before this that did metal type music but right. it's really sabbath 
And so, you know, when you're doing something that's completely new, you're you're not in the box. So your drumming can sound a little jazzy. You know, you're not going to do that in Metallica or Megadeth. Right. But these guys didn't have those boundaries yet. It wasn't that you had to be one, two, three, four, and you know, lots of crazy riffs on the drums. It, this is a lot more swing to it. You know, and it's interesting. And they obviously didn't go in with the idea of let's, you know, like in today's world, you got to create a hit, a song for the radio, something play, something that's going to right, get Right, because they weren't getting played on the radio. Oh, well, yeah. So it was just, you know what? Uh, you know, with this, uh, did you ever, did you see anything on why they called it rat salad? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't either. I was always wondering why it was called rat salad. And uh, maybe Ozzy came up with that. Sounds like something Ozzy would come up with. And uh, it was like Iomi had said that uh, when they were first starting out, they had to do concerts, and they would just fill with instrumentals. They would just play. They would just do yeah. twenty minutes right, of like right. uh, like they just did. Right, <laughs> right. And that kind of became a thing, like a little bit later on in the seventies, right? The jamming stuff started in the mid seventies, oh, I guess, with the sure. you know Almonds and Leonard Skinner and all the country rock bands. Did, they got did, into yeah. into more and the blues based bands, you know. So that yeah. that started getting more popular. But, Interesting but, fact about this, though. Van Halen almost named their band Rat Salad because Eddie loved this song. That's great. Yeah, you know that? And that's great. Now you can see, right? Eddie loves the music part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was he was a huge uh, Tony Iommi fan. And so, uh, you know, that just makes total sense. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't no, either. That's, <laughs> that's great to know. No, that's great to know. That's awesome. And I, why would you not? It's I, I'm the same way. I just love everything. I, and you know what? When you see him through the years, Iomi was pretty much a, uh, you know, uh, a, a mellow cat. You know, he wasn't he wasn't out front. He wasn't over the top. Right. You know. But all these guys back in those days struggled a lot with the drugs, man. I, I mean, Iomi struggled a lot back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It was just too much. Oh. All right. So let's get into the album closer. Only eight songs on this album, but this one is another amazing tune. This one is fairies wear boots before you play it. Okay. This, this is the best song on the album. I like it a lot too. No, no, I'm putting in my vote and all my friends, all my friends know, right? I would say war pigs, but uh, I, I, you know, I would say tremendous, tremendous. All my friends know my whole life that this song, man, is just, it's something about it connected with me on this whole album. Well, it's about skinheads, Tom, so. (laughs) No, not me. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> mm, Maybe that's it. Maybe I missed my calling. All right. Let's take Next a time let's I take see a... I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're having lunch together today. <laughs> oh perfect. <laughs> this is All right. great. Let's hear Tommy's favorite. This is Fairies Wear Boots. Oh, uh, uh, come on. And again, a little bit of an opener part here called Jack the Stripper. Mm-hmm. 
so the song is Come about on. skinheads. Come on. It's about skinheads, Tom. At well, the time in England, right. though, skinheads were not racist. They were just punks and anarchists. But they well, wore boots, which is how Sabbath got the title. Yeah. And England, uh, England had a lot of punks back in the day. That was their thing. Before there was punk rock, there was punks. Right. And it was just, you know, gangs of kids who were just right. hanging out together, beating people senseless. Yeah. Stopey teenagers. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like how it, it, dancing with dwarves might be the greatest line. <laughs> well, Tony Iommi said, we smoked a lot of dope. So that may be why some of the lyrics are a bit unusual. <laughs> Dude, it, it, it's uh, it. <laughs> It's just, and you gotta believe me. It's just that's what I love about this whole song. Your know, fairies wear boots out dancing with dwarves, right? And then it's fairies wear boots, and you gotta believe me. I saw it with my own two eyes. Yeah, exactly. You know? And uh, yeah, and it has it has a lot to do with uh, with marijuana and, and yeah. being stoned. Yeah. It, it said that Ozzy and Giza were together smoking weed. And they were sitting in like <laughs> visioning all this shit going on, which is just, and then you put it on paper and you got a, the greatest song ever. <laughs> <laughs> so there was actually an incident though in 1970 at a concert and they were attacked by a bunch of skinheads after the show. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. Tony got hurt and it forced them to cancel the next performance. Wow. So that's why, the, you know, that's where you get that whole thing. Like Ozzy's saying, yeah, I saw it because they kicked our ass basically oh, wow. wow yeah it's just uh it, it's just one of those songs that hit home and like god i'm glad it's there and it's, it's got home. that's another one with that kind of swing to it. it you know even though it's heavy and dark it's still got that you know which is really so right yeah now that we look at it really when you think about it yeah back then again established as heavy and then, then, you know, it's like funny. I always, whenever I think of heavy, I go right to method of destruction, <laughs> <laughs> which was just pure insanity on, on right. vinyl. Right, <laughs> right. Pure all insanity. Those, all those three-letter bands from the 80s were in crazy, like nuts, uh, right? But what did they call that? Was it thrash or speed metal, right? Yeah, it was thrash, were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it just was, I remember they were talking about speed metal back in the day. This is, right. this is like innocent. Compared yeah, to what exactly. Along. Well, what it yeah. became, right? So this is heavy, scary, spooky stuff. And oh. then in the 80s, you get into all these underground bands and, and it turns into, you know, Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax and, and all those bands that were really super popular in the 80s with, you know, playing thrash metal, which was just fast, hard. Oh, and, just you know, and screaming. <laughs> the crunch, the crunch. <laughs> right, right. They really and now today, the metal... Yeah, and today there's metal bands that are like that. There's metal bands that are like Sabbath. There's metal bands that are beyond the thrash that are like the doom and the black metal and all these things that are just crazy. And it's it's gone to whole different places. Dude, here I am. You know, I go see Sabbath in 2004, right? And I was like, I, I just couldn't wait to go. And I get there. I'm a wee bit older than high school, you know? Yeah, but and, everybody uh, was old. I was at those shows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there not knowing, just I was going to see stuff. Pantera opened up for, for Black Sabbath that night. Oh, okay. And dude, yeah, the 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 metal was hitting my chest. Like, <laughs> Had you heard Pantera before that? 
No, never. Okay, so you never. that was a complete surprise. That's Just the best complete... way to see. That's the best way to get uh, introduced to Pantera is to see them live. <laughs> Dude, I, I was getting palpitations. I was like, is this good for my heart? You know, in high school, you didn't give a shit. You know, right, you sit right. there with three kids and you go, Jesus, I don't know what's going on here. You know, but it was a see. fun night. I got, and then I have to tell you, Sabbath was, you know, the first time I saw them was 76. And then the next time I saw him was 2004. So it's kind of a, you know, a good gap. And it was, right. uh, it was interesting, you know, and me and my buddy are sitting next to each other and Ozzy's screaming, come on, people, you know, let's go people. Yeah. And we're looking at each other, Christ, we got work in the morning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when did my life go? I'll tell you though, the last time I saw Sabbath was at the PNC Art Center in, in you know, in Jersey, yeah. outdoor uh, arena. And that's the most weed I've ever smelled at a concert in my entire life. Sure, and I've been to, sure. you know, you and I have been to thousands of concerts uh, probably. And that yeah. was crazy. And it was all people our age, people 50 oh. and older, you know, so. Old people, nuts. yeah. Nuts. Yeah. But anyways. Weed. Yeah. So that's paranoid. Uh, just uh, Don, so good. I, I enjoyed every second of it, man. What a great album. Great music. And again. I can't say it enough. You know, it's rock and roll. We love rock and roll. Let's yep. face it. But, you know, you got to play the album. That's why we do this. It's just to get you, to get people back into listening, putting an album side on. Yep. Put it on Go and through listen. It, experience it the whole way, the way it was recorded, the way it was meant to be heard. You know what I mean? And for me, the greatest times I've had in listening to music was when I actually listened to music. Too many people get caught up in the fact of just playing it as background music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, listen, really sit down and listen what went into this album right? or any album that we talk about. You know, because the ones we're picking so far have just been classics. Right. I mean, we haven't we have we didn't have to dig too deep to find some great albums so far. Nah, you know, and nah, I look forward to it. Ones. Did you think of it in the next album? Uh yeah Stay tuned for, what are we doing I forget what it was ah oh did you say green day green day's on the list okay. uh i can't i don't have it in front of me it's, okay, it's good. on the yeah it's on the calendar but i don't know well stay tuned <laughs> we're going to be doing these once a month and uh we're back check out the website give all the information I love it. Yeah, I love check it. out inside the album.com. We have every episode is on the website. You can also see us on YouTube and listen to us on any podcast platform inside the album with Tom and Don, Don and Tommy, Tom and Donnie. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Did, I, did I, did I oh, just God. get top billing? No, that was a mistake. Oh, <laughs> a typo, verbal it typo. Was, it, was, it was my, it was my dyslexia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, subscribe, do all the things, press all the buttons for us. We enjoy you. Thanks for listening. Tom and Don. We'll see you next time. <laughs>